Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever you are and whatever time it is at your place, I would like to send you my greetings. Welcome to my podcast, this is Noah Kinderell. Um, As you all know, this is the first episode and I'm very, very excited. I hope to have a very good connection with all of you who took out your precious time from your very, very busy lives and you decided to come here and listen to my voice and to my thoughts. Now, before I begin <clears throat> with the episode, I would just like to clarify a few things about how this podcast is going to be, just to get a clearer image. You see, I'll try to bring all the elements of the podcast in my episodes, and as you know, the name of the podcast is the podcast is uh, Life, Love, Law, so... What I'll try to do is try to bring at least one element from the podcast that is life, love or law, any of one of those elements I'll try to bring and put into my episode and if not all of them, at least one of them will be there and we'll try to educate ourselves on if you can have, if you have any questions or you want me to take, uh, if you have any questions or you want me to talk about anything particular then you can, um, email me and obviously I wouldn't set parameters so that is it um before we begin I'd also like to say that um this as you know is the first episode so I'm really really excited and also a little bit nervous so if there is any um mistake or you think it's not up to the mark I hope and I and I plead to your kindness that you will forgive me the name of the episode today I have kept is Changing Dynamics of Life. Now, I thought really hard for trying to make the name of the of the first episode. And I really tried to think very, very hard trying to make it a perfect one. Because the reason I chose this name was because I hardly think there is any other there's any other truth about life which is as as honest and as as real as this which is changing dynamics of life not one aspect of life is stagnant everything we do everywhere everywhere we go it's always going on on a whirlpool everything is changing every time we, we try and we try again to do something and then we realize that that was not something that we ever wanted. And our desires change, our expectations change. We, we keep on progressing from one place to another, from point A to B. And as soon as we come to point B, we forget how much expectations, how much hard work we did to get to point A maybe from point zero. I know it's, it's, a, it's a very stupid analogy because I'm using alphabets and numericals at the same time. <laughs> but that's just the way it is. You know, life doesn't make sense at times. All you gotta do is try to stick with it and hope that things will work around. But obviously it doesn't just happen like that. There are no free lunches in the world. The thing is, you have to try. Do you know? As cheesy as it sounds and as cliche it sounds, it's just a secret, my friends. You gotta try. Every time it gets hard, you have to convince yourself that 
it's not the end. If it is seeming hard, it's not the end. Because in the end, it's gonna get right. Everything has to get right. That's just the way it is. Um, I can tell you from my perspective, it's not, it's not worth it. You know, giving up is not worth it. We, we, were, we weren't born to give up. We came here. Imagine, just, I, I would like you to think for a moment how you came into this world. Imagine that hard labor and the pain that your mother took to bring you out into this world. Um, I have no proper knowledge about it, but from what I've heard from the pop culture and from whatever little knowledge I have, what I have seen, people say that the pain that a mother goes through during labor, it's equal to, I don't know, a few number of bones cracking all together. And imagine that, the pain that she has gone through to give birth to you. And now, not only after she has given birth to you, but after spending so much money, after after making you a a capable man or woman, after all of the sacrifices that has been made for your cause, you come at this point of your life, at whatever point of your life you were in, and you dare think that you want to give up. What about all the faith and the expectation that people has with you? People people have with you. Do they mean nothing to you? All those sacrifices, all that all that pain that people went through just so that you could come to this to this cruel world maybe whatever you think do you really think it is fair upon them it's not things will get hard and then things will not get hard either way you will be constant because the faith that you have the education that your mom and dad has given or or the society has given into you that is supposed to be constant and that is supposed to inculcate within you the values and and the strength that you need to stand your ground you know i i i i, I was born in because we are i was born in Cobb, it's a small town in india <clears throat> and i was in this school it was st mary's the name and it was an elite school in that place the thing is i won't lie i wasn't a very good student i was always a backbencher and you know a life of a kid is not very easy especially when you have a top sister with yourself so expectations are always high with you and things obviously do not help when you are an absolute disgrace in terms of academics which i was guilty but then the thing is, I obviously have, I obviously had different ambitions with my life. In my life, I have wanted different things. But coming from a middle class family, not all the options are not very easy for you, you know. So, I, I, I was a active kid. Uh, I used to play around a little bit, and then I got into high school, and then I started playing, and that started to become a real thing for me. Uh, football soccer in america so that became my forte and i started playing a little bit and got a little bit of fame in school now i always wanted to be a professional football player so that was my life you know i 
was a little bit known in that locality in my school maybe yes i had a strong squad with me my my friends were really uh, my strength at that point i wasn't really close to my family i used to be a bit distant from them because like i said you know we wanted different things they wanted me to do good in my academies like my sister but all i cared about was to get into the school team get into the district level and you know up on and on and it goes so understandably i was a bit distant from my family but then my friends were my forte and this was the way my life was and i was happy you know and then my mother got transfer so we had to move from Cobb to another place and this place was Silivri. It's it's a kind of a hill station. It's not a hill station, but it's the they say it's well, I say it's the way to the Himalayas because well, Silivri and then from Silivri just after a few kilometers, the the hills, the mountain range starts. So we had to shift there because my mom got transferred there. That was a very big blow for me because, like I said, my world was caught. Everything was there. People knew me, people knew about me, of me. I used to have a good reputation there. I used to love playing there. And there, there was a very big kind of a quarrel with my dad. And I said I wanted to stay here and I, I would stay in a hostel or something. But then, um, let's just say, uh, things got a little bit messy. I'll talk about that maybe in the coming episodes but then i finally decided to go with my family and we shifted to Siligri. now when i came in here first few days was obviously very hectic because we were trying to uh, take all the you know we were trying to settle down so there were furniture shifting from one place to another all of that was happening but i remember the first day the first day when I woke up in Silivri, everybody was tired. So we, we had a driver stay with us for a few days because he came. He was helping us with our furnitures and everything. My sister was at another place. She wasn't sick him because I think she was doing her master's at that point. So it was just me, our family driver, my mom and dad, that's all. So I woke up the first day in Silivri, uh, the first day of our stay in Silivri. It was five o'clock, I remember still. I woke up, there was a chilly breeze, but it was summer obviously, but the, you know, the morning breeze has, has got a bit of a chill with it. I got up bare chested and I went to the balcony. And I tell you, my friends, I have never felt more claustrophobic and more, I don't know, clogged in my lungs, I, I was not able to breathe. I was feeling so bad. I was feeling so hopeless, a feeling of loss. All of that mixed it up. And that's what I was feeling. I wanted to, to be very frank and honest, I, I don't want to say it, but that was the truth. In my heart, I, I even wanted to, well, get, done with all of that, you know, end all of this, if you know what I mean, because, like I said, I, I was at a place where people knew me, 
and I, I'm not a very big of a social person, you know, it takes time for me to my friends and I don't know, for 12, 14, 15 years I was there, my place, my hometown, and the friends that I had there, and then all of a sudden when things were going so good, we had to shift here. It was very hard for me. I remember for the first few months, I well, I wasn't very much talkative with my parents. But then, well, we had our boards, and then it was time to get the admissions. And like I said, I wasn't very bright as an academic student. So obviously my mom and dad was a bit scared. They were scared a little bit, thinking that no school was ever going to take me. Now, to be very frank, from a general perspective, it wasn't that bad, the result that I had, but it was bad enough given that you have a topper sister. So I... Anyways, I got a chance in this reputable school. <laughs> and like I said, I wasn't a very social person, so it was very hard for me. First day school is always hard for everybody, and for somebody who is not very social, I, it's... um torture that's the best way i can put it was torture now I, I want you to think about it for a moment i had no football there because i didn't have my people i didn't have my friends i used to play with my friends uh, i didn't know the place i used to feel claustrophobic i used to feel chaotic in my head i used to feel clogged in my lungs and i wasn't able to breathe i'm having all of that feeling Staying at home isn't peaceful, but going outside is not an option because I don't know anything about it. Back in Cobb, when I used to feel bad, I used to go to school because my school was my escape from everything. That was my world. That was my. I used to think about. I used to think about my school as my kingdom. That was where. That was my place, you know. But that's not the same case in this new place. Everything is new here. So I want you to imagine the place, the kind of contrast that I'm living in now and the kind of chaos that a 16-year-old is having. It was very hard. But now that I have no football with me, and yeah, I, I could have, I could have taken admission into one of the football coaching, but like I said, it was new. I didn't know anyone. I didn't even know anything. And I was so depressed with my friends all back there. I know it was a really hard time that I can say. So only thing that I had with me at that point were the books, the notebooks, the school syllabus and all of that. So I was left in a room with all of that. And I started to study. Little by little. And before I know, I didn't I didn't even give any effort. But then before I knew, I was able to answer all the questions. Even to the extent where the teachers used to have doubts of when they used to go astray, I was the one who used to correct them. And, you know, before I knew again, it was terminals and this backbencher. This backbencher, this guy who used to get scolded every day at home because he was such a bad student and because his sister was such a brilliant student. The same guy talked in the class, and it was a class of at least 80 or 90 students. 
like chopped. How, I don't know. All I can say is, I did what I could because I had nothing else to do. But before we, before we go ahead with all of that, I just want you to take a note about what I, I'm trying to draw a picture of. You see, you can think so many things. You might want so many things from life. But the thing is, you never really know what is right for you. Yes, you might think it is right. You might hope that this, this might be right for me. But the thing is, you don't know. No one knows the future. I wanted to be a pro player. God knows what would have happened if I would have become. Maybe I, maybe I'm not a very strong personality and maybe if I would have given that opportunity, given that amount of leisure, that amount of money, that amount of fame, who knows, maybe I would have fallen into drugs or anything because I don't know myself that well. If I'm not in that position, it means there is a reason that I'm not in that position and I have made my peace with it. And the reason I have made peace with it is because there are things that I've seen like this. The person who people used to make joke of in terms of education, in ter I, don't, I, I wouldn't say education, it's a very vast, it's a very vast um, word, but academics, a person who was zero, nil, shunya as in Indians say, in academics, he goes on to top a class of 90 or 80 students. There's a reason about it, my friends. You, you do not know the way life will change. You do not know the way God will take reins of your life. Things will change. And more often than not, things always change for the better. Yes, maybe standing where you are standing, it might look very disturbing. It might look very odd. And it might look even adverse to your potentials and to your interests. But it's not. I mean, if if I was to, if I were to think, standing on that day when I stood in the balcony, feeling all that despair, could I have ever foreseen a future like this? At a time that I, can I could I even possibly imagine that I would top this class, and not just once, two years, standard eleven and standard twelve. I topped all the exams. And I topped the school. Uh, sorry, I didn't top the school on the final year. I came second overall in the school. Who would have imagined that? I, I know I didn't. My parents didn't. My friends didn't. That's, that's the thing, my friends. You never know. You never know. That's just about the academism. What did I say? I was a socially awkward person friendship, social relationship, it becomes very hard for me, you know, because I, I never know, I never knew the art of talking, I never knew the art of, you know, uh, socializing, even with the guests around, I was the one who used to stay away, mostly, so friends were a bit hard for me, and that is one of the main reasons why I was so much hopeless when we had to come in Silivery, because those friends that I had, they were my jewels, my gems. And I was afraid that I couldn't make my new friends. And all of this stuff used to play in my head and what if they would be bad? 
what if they're being into drugs and all of that stuff, you know. It was mainly a fear of the unknown. What did I tell you? I went on to my friends who are not only good men and women, they have one of the best of characters, best of manners. But the thing is, you know, there is no involvement whatsoever of my skill in here. What I understood is, it doesn't matter whether you have skills or not, what matters is, is your intentions, firstly, and then your character. If these two are good, what I have found is that people get drawn to you. It might take a few days for people to notice, but God will draw people towards you if you have those two things sorted out, your behavior and your character. These are the two main things, and that happened with me. I used to be a quiet kid. I used to be a quiet kid the whole time. And then I used to be a quiet guy in high school. I'd always love with my friends, but then in this, in this, in this new place, I used to be silent. And then, you know, I got along with a guy, that guy got along with me, and then I got along with his friends, and slowly, and obviously, uh, topping the class also brought me in front of the eye of so many students. And like I said, I became famous in this school, but only this time this fame was for academics and not for football. No. I am doing law right now, and I have done my English honors three years, so it's almost five to six years post my uh, class 11 and 12 year. And the thing is, I still think about being a footballer every day. And I know that I can't be, I don't know, that doesn't take my faith away from God. It doesn't. Because, like I said, even though my heart, I cannot think that there might be something bad in it. I, I have faith that God knows what I do not know. So if he has given me something, I know there is goodness in it. But also, if he has kept something from me, there is goodness in it. And that's just the way I have to make peace with it. So if you are trying to get something in your life and you're praying too hard, and you're not getting it, that is not the time that you lose faith, my friend. That is the time where you cherish your soul, where you soothe your mind and body with faith. This is where faith comes in. This is the test that you have to go through. And this is where you say to yourself, if God has kept something from me, if my Lord has kept something away from me, there is goodness in it. And you have to believe in it. And believing and having faith is not a thing that you say and it's over, no. It is a process. As hard as it becomes, you have to keep chanting and reminding yourself that no. That is the truth. He will not do anything to me, which is bad. You can ask if you ask if you ask drugs from your parents, they're not gonna give it to you, even even if you like it, because they know it's bad for you. You might not know. You have seen your friends having really a ball when they're on drugs, but you do not know of any bad bad side effects about it. 
your parents do. God knows, I'm telling you. Even if it gets hard, you hang in there. It's gonna be worth it. You see... And then I passed out from class 12. I was the second overall in the school. And then it was time for me to get admissions in my college. In, in, in college. And I... I applied for colleges in Silvery and in my hometown Cobb. And guess what? The same guy who used to get mocked at in school. Well, I, I didn't used to get mocked at, but then, you know, the teachers, once in a blue moon, taunt me because I didn't study. I remember one instant when this uh, teacher, Bengali teacher, came in to the class and our football coach called me to come to the field. And I got up from my bench and I approached the teacher, Bengali teacher, her name was Vipasha. I approached to Vipasha ma'am and I asked her that if I could go. And she looked at me and she smiled and she said, yes, you go. Yes, you go. Because you see, this is not your place. You know, the field is calling you. Now, you know, it first, her pitch was very innocent, but then at the same time, When that is addressed to you in a class of 45 students, she could have just said that the field is calling you, but now she said, this wasn't your place. Even though I think it was innocent, I, even though I would like to believe it was innocent, but I do, I do feel in my heart that there was some taunt addressed. And that same guy, when he applied to college, not only in some colleges I came at the first rank, but I was always at top five or at max top seven in a list of 100, 200, 300 people applying for the college or even more, I don't, I don't know now. I was at top seven on an average of all the top colleges of Siliguri and Cobb to the extent where one of my old friends from St. Mary's, uh, he called me and he said, Hey, hey, bro, you know, I I was applying to this college in St. Xavier's and I saw it was your name. So that's Celine David, is, is that you? That's, so he called me, the guy who never called me for two years after I came to Siliguri. He called me to confirm if his name on in the college list, if it was me or not. So that's the only thing that I'm trying to say to you people. You never know how things will become. You never know. You have to have faith. Whatever throws, whatever is thrown at you, know this in your heart. If God has thrown something at you, He's also giving you, He He's also giving you the strength and the instruments to cope up with it. The wise men say that the people, the good people, they're always tested. You know, and and the analogy that they give is that. Gold, the purity of gold is like this. I'm not sure of the exact procedure, but from what I know is that the metal is undergone through extreme temperatures and then the pure gold comes out. Your purity as an individual, as a good man, as a good woman, as a good character, as a good individual, all of this is determined from the test that you will go through. If you give up, how will that pure gold come out from you, my friends? It won't, because you didn't go through all the 
all those temperatures. You didn't go through that temperature which was needed to take the pure gold out from you. It is hard. I understand. But I tell you one thing. You are stronger than that. You might not know that, but you are. There will be things you want. And then there will be things you'll have. As hard as it may be, you have to look over the wall and see the green pastures on the other side, that's all. And I know that it's easier said than done. Climbing that wall is the struggle, I understand. But then the same thing, climbing that wall is the struggle which will define you. And that itself is the whole battle. I'm sure some would give up after the first try. It's a high wall. Someone will give up after the first try. Maybe someone after the second try. Maybe after the third. Maybe. But I tell you this. If you start, you can never see what's onto the other side, what is waiting for you. And I tell you, it isn't half as bad. I tell you that. And you know, like they say, if you're going through hell, why stop? It's true. Because with every grief, there is goodness. Because that's the balance, my friend. Have faith. Because that's the secret. Change isn't bad. For all you know, not. For all you know, I mean, for all you know, not having something might be good for you. Who knows? You have to have faith. I keep on stressing on the same thing again and again because that's the whole thing it's all about. This is a battle. The entire life is a struggle. And your weapon is faith. That is the sword that you have, which is also your shield. When life will hurl at you things, you have to shield yourself with that, which is faith. When there will be enemies ahead of you, and enemies is obviously a metaphor, you have to use your sword of faith to strike them down. Because you know not what Valpul would have come to pass had the past been your present. You do not know that. So with that, I'd like to end the first episode. It has been a great experience. And I'd like to wish to all of you a very happy, happy Christmas. Stay home, stay safe, love. Be loving, spread love, breed love, and God be with all of you. I'll see you again next time. Thank you.